Hey everyone, it's Greg Strau of Two Brain Media. And on this week's episode, we talk to Per Matson. We talk about how he was a principal, foster parent, multi-business owner, and how he deals with tough conversations. We talk about listening, asking questions, and then agreeing on a solution and how we take those tactics and actually utilize them. We talk about navigating through those tough conversations in all aspects of your life. Subscribe to Two Brain Radio to hear the very best ideas, topics to move you and your business closer to wealth. Two Brain Radio is brought to you by Two Brain Business. We make gyms profitable. We're going to bring you the very best tips, tactics, and interviews in the business world each week. To find out how we can help you create your perfect day, book a free call with a mentor at twobrainbusiness.com. Hey guys, it's Chris Cooper here. If you're headed to the CrossFit Games, I would like to buy you breakfast. So here's what we're doing. Together with Healthy Steps Nutrition, we have rented out the banquet facilities at the Sheraton across the road from the CrossFit Games. And we're taking about 250 people a day. Uh, You can come in and have breakfast with us. We'll be talking a little bit about business, but the most important thing that always happens at these breakfasts, aside from the bacon and coffee, is the conversations. We have limited seating that's going to fill up. Uh, You can fill in the form in our show notes and make sure that you reserve yourself a spot. We're going to do it at 7.30 a.m. on both Saturday and Sunday of the CrossFit Games. We will see you in Madison. All right. I'm on another amazing episode of Two Brain Radio with Per Matson. How are you, sir? I am fine. How are you? I'm doing great. So we wanted to bring you on because you've you've had an amazing, I mean, up to this point, everything in life has has kind of been throwing you curveballs and, and you've had a lot of abilities to take on tough conversations or difficult conversations with people. So we want to bring you on. You made an amazing article, which we'll make sure we link in the show notes for the Coaches Congress uh, and for Two Brain. But let's kind of take a step back and and talk about those things or those opportunities that you've had throughout your life. Uh, What other positions besides owning a a gym have you had? Uh, My professional career, I actually started out as a construction worker, but quickly turned into teaching. So I was a high school teacher for five years. Um, after that, I start, I, I had a job as a vice principal for a couple of years. And then I, I was a leadership consultant for three years, doing you know a lot of work, uh, training teachers, training uh, principals and politicians in, in, becoming, in how to become a better leader, more or less. And after that, I had a job as a principal. So I've been, you know, working in or around schools for 10 to 12 years. Wow. And as I can only imagine, I mean, knowing the education system and and having many, many kids in classes, and then on top of that, you being a principal, uh, I can only imagine the conversations that you've had to have uh, throughout your career there. Yeah, definitely quite a few. It's hard to remember everything. I tend to, I tend to forget easily as well. But when I started writing these articles, a lot of things and situations came back to me. And I mean, yes, when, when you're a teacher, I mean, you, you are handling and you're, you're leading other people's kids. And as you know, parents, they can be very protective. And sometimes they don't really react <laughs> logically or keeping their emotions in check. So 
you you are no matter if you're a good teacher or not you often you you will end up in uh, in difficult or hard situations regarding parents definitely throughout that 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 curriculum or that education career that you had uh what were the hardest conversations that you that you can think of that you've had to kind of navigate through uh i would say it depends i had a couple of difficult parents when i was being a teacher i think if that if those situations had happened to me a bit later when i had you know trained to become a principal and had more experience i think that those situations wouldn't have felt that hard anymore but when i had them they were quite tough you know uh, sometimes when parents are they have uh, they haven't got shared custody for instance and there might be a very a serious conflict between two parents regarding the kid and i am the i could be the only contact with the kid for one of the parents if you know what i mean so they tend to they tend to act out on their their conflict using me as a teacher and situations like that are really really hard when when a parent that you know is very obnoxious and I don't I don't know how to explain it but they tend to take their conflict into school. So I have to be like the middleman acting as a, some sort of negotiator or something like that. That's very difficult especially when I was like 26 27 years old trying to handle situations like that. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine uh it, it being 26 or 27 and trying to navigate a conversation between two people that probably don't get along or have never gotten along and they do have a child between the two of them and yep. you have to uh, yep. make sure that they don't don't hurt themselves hurt exactly. each other or mentally yep. hurt the kid that's yep. that's having to sit in between this exactly and i mean that was the exact that exact situation right there because the the, the one of the parents was he was very violent so we had to you know be very careful of we couldn't let him into school, etc. And he was constantly trying to come to school, and the, the daughter didn't feel very comfortable with that, etc. So that was one of the hardest situations as a teacher, definitely. So he was, you know, trying it. to call me every every night, more or less, before I put a stop to it. So, yeah, that was Gee. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've also changing gears after uh, the other things that you've done throughout this was you are a gym owner, but that's not the only business you've owned, correct? Uh, no, I've had, uh, I started like a food delivery service, for instance. Uh, exactly. That's one of the other businesses I've owned. And we have a physio center where we, you know, physical, what do you call physiotherapy, etc. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And you, so, and throughout those businesses, I mean, being a gym owner, um, we, most people that are listening are usually gym owners or business yeah. owners in the service-based business, but mm -hmm. they understand the difficult conversations you have to have with maybe a staff member that you have to let go or other situations, but, um, running other businesses that are service-based like that, like food delivery, uh, if food doesn't get there on time or other situations, those can definitely come up as, as, conversations you got to have and navigate through that aren't always the easiest definitely definitely I, I would say though that uh after being a foster parent and principal for so long uh i feel that almost no situation is really hard anymore <laughs> honestly <laughs> so uh, dealing with a 
with a client or a customer who isn't satisfied, that's nothing anymore for me. <laughs> it's always a matter of perspective, right? Very true. Do you feel like it's not as difficult for you due to the fact that you've had these experiences or what do you feel like has been the cause uh, for you to feel like, hey, tough conversations really aren't as tough anymore for me only because of uh, it's this? Be yeah, it's because of those experiences. I mean, for instance, when you are a foster parent, you, you are also handling someone else's kid. They are actually, they are living with you. You take over more or less take over the role as the, the acting parent. And in many cases, the parents are quite dysfunctional. We, we've had some cases with parents that were really, really hard to handle. And I mean, really hard. They were like lying about us in other situations. They tried to more or less, they accused us of anything more or less. So, we have then you have to you always have and you have still have the obligation to sort of facilitate the contact and the relationship between the the, the child and the parent and the, the biological parent so you still you can't avoid it you still have to meet them regularly and you sit there and they they basically throw shit at you so you 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 learn not to go into some sort of defense mode or you learn not to to attack them uh you just learn to bite your tongue and listen and then try to be mature in that conversation and uh, that is really really tough but you learn from it what do you feel like was was your motivation to be a foster parent be a high school principal be a multi-business owner what do you feel like was the influences that that to go down all of these routes because all of these routes aren't easy. You did not choose a desk job that's nine no. to five that you just no. crunch numbers and then leave when it's five o'clock. And I mean, routes, you could have taken much easier routes, but you completely went, went against that and took some of the hardest routes possible. What was, what was the reasoning for that? I, I think that the main thing actually was when I was a kid, we were three brothers and uh, I was, I think I was 12 years old, something like that. I was 11. And we had uh, another brother, and he was born with Down syndrome. And there were, I mean, I remember us being kids that when we really wanted to say something bad to people to to each other, we called uh, we called them like Mongo or something like that. And then I had a brother who was actually <laughs> Mongoloid or Down syndrome, and that was like. Um, it was a real wake up call for me and our family. I think. And uh, we 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 had to handle a lot of prejudices from people around us about about my brother, etc. And I think both my mom and dad were really strong in that situation. So that I think that inspired me from the beginning. Uh, and since then, my parents we we they took on kids being foster parents. Uh, so I think that is that started something in in me like i i wanted to help people i wanted to fight prejudices uh, and stuff like that so i think that's the main main thing for me yeah definitely wow yeah that's 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 really awesome uh that 
your parents did that and you've kind of taken that on as being a foster parent and then going down these other these other roads to help more and more people because that's that's really what it seems like out of the common theme between these three occupations that you've had um, or big meta occupations if you want to call it that yeah is the fact that you just like helping people I I do and I I mean it's both because It's good for them, but it's also some sort of ego bo- boost, right? You can't deny that it's it's nice helping people. You feel good doing it, and if if you sometimes end up in tough situations because of it, I think it's worth it. Sometimes it's it's been really really hard for me and and Anna, the mother of my kids that I've been living with for twenty three years. It's been really really hard, but in the long run, I think. We and our daughters, we are stronger because of it. Yeah, definitely. So diving into the article, uh, you have three big tactics that you want people to to use uh, when they're dealing with a tough conversation or, or difficult conversation. Um, and the first tactic you have is listen. Yes. Now, I can say, hey, I'm listening uh, to somebody, but it's not as easy as that. And in certain situations, uh, I mean, as you said earlier, you have in a foster parent when they're, when they're throwing stuff at you, um, in the, in by, I mean, mentally, not hopefully not physically, uh, but when they're, (laughs) it's hard to, it's hard to just listen, but how did you navigate through that? Or how did, what are situations where you've had to just listen? I mean, you, you always there's always a cause for that tough talk. I think that both parties entering that conversation knows that this is not going to be a comfortable conversation, and uh, so pe- people tend to project their feelings onto the other part bef- even before the conversation has even started. And if if you are the boss or the leader of any kind you you know that sort of your time in this conversation in this conversation will come right so most people tend to they they listen for a while but they only listen so they can find things to sort of uh respond to so they are very quick in responding or saying yeah okay so you say that but you know this is my version of it and they are really quick in responding and then it just turns into some sort of debate or argument so what are the things uh, with with listening that you want people to do? Gather information. You really need you really need to try to understand the other person's perspective and how they feel about this. That's super super important because if you don't gather that information, it's like having a no sweat intro, right? You want to know stuff about the person so you can recommend the best possible solution. This is about understanding your staff or your client or whatever it is so you can be a better leader in trying to solve the situation i mean if if you enter the conversation with a will to to make things better you need to listen to the other part makes sense it does it does completely i mean listening listening is a huge portion especially when i know for me personally i've gotten in arguments with staff before uh primarily my head coach because we've known each other way before even mm-hmm. I opened the business. Yeah. We were, we were very good friends. Yeah. And so we didn't agree on some situations, but the hardest thing for me to do was to stop and listen in what you're saying here is, is yeah. to actually listen. 
Yeah, and I think also what could happen if you listen and if you if you really show the other person that you are listening and that you are not feeling threatened or that you're not waiting to throw back at them or anything, you you may uh, sort of slow things down in the conversation and you may actually have them feel more comfortable and relaxed uh, in, in one or two minutes. So it's I think it's a great start just to show that you're willing to listen. Tactic number two that you had was asking questions or ask questions. What what are the questions that people should be asking uh, after listening and gathering info um, and going into this this next tactic? I think it depends on what you hear, of course. Uh, but I think one of the main and or f- even the first questions that you need to use is, the one I wrote in the article, what do you think my feelings or my interpretation of this situation could be? Because I'm not telling anyone to sort of be passive in a conversation like this. It's just that you need to be specific and clear and listening first and then asking them to, okay, try to look at things from my point of view. What do you think my feelings are or my interpretation is? I think that's a good one. For this, so yeah, sorry. No, you're good. I was I was just gonna say. So it sounds like the first one with listening is more of trying to understand their side of the situation. But but tactic number two of asking questions is more of seeing if they understand your side of the situation. Yeah, because I mean, after doing this tactic number one and tactic t- number two, you may actually be in a situation where there is no problem anymore, and you have already solved the solved the problem. I don't know. Or another way, another thing could be to start asking clarifying questions of the information that you had. So let me see if I understood you correctly. Did you mean this and this and that? Or what did you actually mean by saying this? So that could be another way of digging deeper into it. But I think it's uh, really important that the other part of the conversation also takes responsibility for understanding you. Do you feel like with asking the right questions, I mean, it, as you said earlier, it can lead to the point where you actually have a solution that it was just a yeah. misinterpretation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel like with tactics one and two of listening and asking questions that there have been scenarios where the other person has gotten too emotional? Uh, and then how have you handled that? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, uh, let's say for instance, that you start by asking that first question or just asking them to tell your side of the story, etc. And then you may end up in a situation where they throw a lot of stuff at you and they accuse you of things and you just have to go keep on listening, dig deeper, keep on asking questions. And I don't know if they still don't understand that there may, might be two different sides of the story or they could be actually responsible for, for some of the things, then it's time to be a bit more clear and say, okay, you, but actually this is the way I look at it. Or you have to understand that there's another way of looking at it and could be this, etc. Does that answer your question? I sort of lost myself there for a while. You're okay. No, it does. Um, if, if, if somebody is out there that's listening that, let's say they go through these tactics and themselves or the other person get too emotional 
what do you suggest that they do? I think that you should you could always be sort of open with what is actually happening. Let's say I've been in many conversations where the other person has started crying, for instance. And uh, many, many, especially women, they sort of feel, they, they start feeling a bit almost guilty when they cry in a situation like that. And they don't like crying because they think that the other person is considering them being weak or whatever. And then I think you should just confirm what's happening. Yeah, I, there's no wrong with crying. Take your time. Do you want me to, to get you a napkin or something like that? Just be patient. Be clear that this is, it's not a good or, or a bad thing that you're crying or that you're angry or whatever. So instead of sort of pretending that it's not happening, just tell it like it is. So it sounds like basically going off of going off of facts more of than going off of things that we are interpreting as facts, but maybe they aren't. So I, when people say the things like, I feel like they're doing this, mm that's more of a feeling and not a fact. Yeah. Is that what you're meaning? Yeah. Absolutely. And and yeah. So going into into tactic number 3. Yeah. Uh agree on a solution for next time. Yeah. I mean you you need you need you want to leave that meeting feeling that you have taken some sort of step forward, right? You can't just leave it with with someone saying their version and you saying yours and you ask questions and then nothing happens. You need to have, okay, so what's the next step for us? And that could be, okay, so uh, how do you think we could do, solve a problem like this before getting angry at each other or before getting upset at each other next time? Or what do you think would be a good solution? Or how can we treat each other in, in the future instead of doing what we just did to each other? For instance, many of the situations that I've been in when it comes to staff are misinter- misinterpretations of different text messages or things that they think they have heard, that they think I have said, or they think I have felt or something like that. So often with better communication, you, you, you might actually not have as many tough talks at all anymore. Yeah. So coming up with these solutions will also, it sounds like, give people the ability to not have to have that same conversation again. Yeah. Because I think when people, what I have learned throughout the years is that many people, they can, they, they have like an image of a boss that might not be the the image that you want them to have of you. So they think they often think that you have like a hidden agenda or something and that you say one thing, but you actually mean another thing, et cetera, et cetera. And that is something you really need to work with, especially if you handle a lot of stuff. It's easier if you have like one or two coaches only because then you talk to them so often. But if you have like 50, 60 or 80 in your staff, some of them, they, they wouldn't feel comfortable being absolutely uh, honest with you because they they could think that it might affect their paycheck or something like that. So it's kind of hard sometimes. With the conversations that you've had with your staff, what's what's a recent conversation that you've used these tactics to navigate the conversation 
uh, to end in a, a good result. I think that was with one of, one of my coaches like half a year ago where that exact thing happened almost that she was misinterpreting some of the things that I wrote and then she was very upset and uh, she was very, I, I think she was very upset because she knew that there we would have to have a talk more or less. So she was sort of winding herself up and uh, that conversation started with her crying a lot and uh we had the i had the general manager with me in the room because i wanted to he wanted to sort of train in doing situations like this and conversations like this and she wanted someone else with us in the room as well so um we were actually listening a lot she was saying i mean a lot of the things that she felt and stuff like that and she was yeah she was crying a lot and we were just waiting and uh, i was then i asked a lot of questions and i asked her to think okay so how do you think what do you actually think i was trying to say in my text for instance and then that was that was how we sort of solved that situation and then we just uh, uh, agreed on okay so next time we think that someone is meaning something in a text we are going to ask right away could that be a good solution for us yes so it was sort of sounds very simple but it's sometimes sometimes the solution is very simple awesome no i i agree 100 percent um and i know i've had many many difficult conversations being a gym owner and a business owner and being a mentor even and all those things but um you've had a you've had a ton of experience with this i mean way more than i ever could with being in the education system mm -hmm. being a foster parent and then also owning multiple businesses so um it sounds like overall the the if anybody's out there the best things they need to do is is listen to the conversation um ask the the open ended questions so they're asking the questions that they can actually get feedback instead of just yes and no's it sounds like and then agreeing on a solution so that moving forward, everyone can feel like they had a, a, a play in the solution. Uh, but then on top of that, also say like, okay, if this happens again, we have a solution already built out yeah. for it. I think because asking questions instead of saying what you think is there's less threat in it, right? So if you first listen to someone and then you start saying your, your version, et cetera, then you're, you're back to being a threat to the other part. But if you instead ask questions about how you, how do you think I felt or what do you think I think about this, that's, you need to be, you, you can't put them in a situation where they feel threatened because you are their boss, you are their leader. There's always a small, I don't know what, threat in, in that, right? So you need to take that feeling away from them. You need to help them getting over that. That is why asking questions are so good. Agreed. Agreed. And thank you so much, Per, for being able to jump on and spend this time with us and, and helping anybody out there that is having those tough conversations or maybe they're avoiding those tough conversations with staff or friends or family or whoever, uh, that they can use these tactics to kind of navigate through that conversation and actually have that tough conversation that they've been avoiding. So thank you. thank you so much for being able to jump on. I know you've created a bunch more content uh, and articles. I've already actually been able to uh, see a preview of them and they're amazing. I can't wait to get them out there. 
Burr, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate your time and being able to share that with us. Thank you for listening to Two Brain Radio. Make sure to subscribe to receive the most up-to-date episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. To find out how we can help create your perfect day, book a free call with a mentor at twobrainbusiness.com.